welcome to the Irish NFL show. All the Muppets are out now and I'm here. A bunch of Muppets with me. We're all going to talk about the uh, NFL and all of that. This is going to be a great gag for everybody listening on the podcast. So I suppose I should probably come back. Otherwise, this show will never start. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Irish NFL show. Um, for those of you listening, I have a little puppet here. Uh, send your comments in there in the comments about my puppet. It's a very close likeness. I should have worn a blue tie, I realise. Anyway, enough of that nonsense. Okay, so actually, welcome to the Irish NFL show. Brought to you by our sponsor, Cassidy Trouble. And you can get packages for the playoffs, and the Super Bowl, all of which are shaping up nicely. And uh, I'm going to welcome in the team here tonight. So we have Colm, we have Brian, we have Mark, and we have Christina. Welcome, guys. Hello, everybody. All right. So a little bit of a different vibe tonight, seeing as we know how it's all kind of clicked into place. So this is, I guess, our Black Monday show, where the doom and gloom happens for coaches, head coaches. And maybe that's how we should probably start, really. Who got fired? Um, always a lovely place to start. Um, so maybe let's talk a little bit first. I'll, I'll go to you, Colm, actually, uh, the Broncos fan in the house. Um, I know they're a bit ahead of the curve on the hunt, but maybe uh, enlighten me. I'm not really sure what's going on there and who's fired and what's their prospects. Uh, tell us a bit. Yeah, so the Broncos obviously made the decision to move on from Nathaniel Hackett a few weeks ago now, which proved uh, actually to, to massively improve things. So anyone who tells you not to make changes in mid-season uh, could not be uh, more wrong. And uh, I think realistically for the, the Broncos, they have six people on a shortlist, Cala, but I I would say by the looks of things, Jim Harbaugh is probably the, the front runner. Uh, he's the one who has agreed to uh, an in-person interview and that is already scheduled uh, to take place. He has had, the owner has had a conversation with Sean Payton and I did think it was interesting that Sean Payton went out of his way to say that the, the QB play is not something you look for. Uh, it's the relationship with the owner and the relationship with the front office. Now, that might not, that because it's not just in relation to the Broncos. I mean, I think you, most of the jobs you look around at and there are either, there's either no QB or in the case of the Cardinals, obviously you got a QB coming back from an ACL injury. So I don't think Sean Payton's comments were specifically in relation to the Broncos with that. But a lot of people do say, oh, there's no QB or you're, you're lumbered with this QB. I thought that was a telling insight yesterday. And he went out of his way to say it a number of times. Uh, following up, actually, because Michael Lombardi had said exactly that on the Pat McAfee show uh, during the, the week. Um, the Broncos obviously have made uh, reached out to a few others. We've seen to D'Amico uh, Ryans with the... Uh, 49ers I think I think the Broncos are unlikely to go with a first time head coach again given what's happened with the the, the past couple of coaches there but I think uh, whoever gets to make Orions is getting an absolutely outstanding candidate I think he's a phenomenal leader you hear the way players talk about him and I have little doubt that he will be a, a wonderful success but the Broncos are moving fast they want to make a splash I think it'll be Harbaugh or Sean Payton. Great stuff. Okay. Well, let's keep moving on the, the hiring and firing front. Um, Mark, talk to me about this chap, uh, Lovey Smith. He got fired by the Texans, even though they won pretty dramatically yesterday, right? Yeah. Well, one of those wins you love, hate to, to love in that regard, because by doing so, it took them out of the number one spot in the draft, which is now owned by the Chicago Bears. So um, a lot of talk, obviously, Bryce Young coming out of Alabama will be the first quarterback, if not the first player off the board. And many people would have tabbed, well, there you go, Texans, take your new quarterback and start to rebuild from there. Well, lovely. Um, and no one can convince me otherwise. The smile on his face as they were playing and as they were winning made it pretty clear to me. He knew he was being fired. He didn't care. He was playing to win the game. His players obviously playing very professionally to win the game. And... Uh, a little bit of revenge at the end. Obviously, long-term uh, Bills head coach took them to their last Super Bowl appearance back in 06 with, uh, still don't know quite how, with Rex Grossman as his quarterback. So maybe a, a little final gift to the people of Chicago and the Bears in that regard as well. 
But whilst the Texans only made that move late last night, I think it was about 11.59 US uh, East Coast time, they, they, they called the trade or officially announced it. Um, while they're behind the Broncos and the Colts and the Panthers who have made moves earlier in the season, they're getting a lot of practice at this. Because, of course, last season they had David Cully, who was one and done. And in fact, if you consider Romeo Cronell, who had 12 games filling in for Bill O'Brien, the next coach, the Texans hire, will be their fifth head coach in four seasons. So they might, you know, they still aren't getting the right head coach, but at least they're getting a lot of practice at it. Surely they, they'll get there eventually. You know, Troyan is believing all that. I mean, to give you a sense as well, Colors, how unusual this is, there's only two occasions since the Super Bowl started that a team has had two one-and-done coaches in back-to-back years. They're both with the 49ers, actually, and soon after both those events, they went on to a Super Bowl. So you can say it doesn't necessarily predate that uh, you're doomed for the next decade by doing this. But that's how bizarre and unusual it is. And again, maybe this was written in the stars. Um, Lovie Smith was the defensive coordinator last year. They were 4-13 and last year. They were the second-worst team in terms of yards allowed. And he got the head job mainly because of the Ferrari that then surrounded Brian Flores. Um, and they kind of, I would say, chickened out on making an offer to Brian Flores when he started suing the NFL. So it wasn't exactly that they were in love with Lovie Smith. Um, the performance of the Texans has been good for the last few weeks. Um, but overall, you know, you go 4-13 and 13 on the season, uh, it's going to be a tough sell. They haven't had a quarterback. They haven't had a quarterback since <clears throat> the Cleveland quarterback. Uh, was departed from the team um, and they're still suffering with that but the rebuild continues the new head coach search continues um, and you know it's been quiet of a black Monday because three of the teams made their moves early it's just Lovey Smith and the next gentleman I think we're going to talk about who uh, uh, got the bad news in their walking papers last night or this morning fair enough uh, Texan saying I'm not in lobby. Right, that sounds fair to everyone. Okay, perfect. Uh, all right, uh, Brian, maybe talk to me about Cliff Kingsbury. Cliff with a K, strong name, bad, bad day for him though. Yeah, he's fallen off the cliff, Badoom, very quickly, having only signed a contract last uh, last off season. Like this team were in the in the playoffs last year, Cali. You know, they went, obviously they were one and done. They went to the to the wild card game where being convincingly by the Rams, but it was a very good season in his first year as head coach. He'd come in from the college game. He didn't have a really great record in the college game, but he seemed to have got a good a good rally from the team last year and Conor Murray and him seemed to build up a good connection, which led to the boat and getting contracts in the last off season. And then this year it's just gone horribly, horribly, horribly wrong. I mean there's four I look back and I reflect on the last twelve months when I mean there's four teams in particular where it was evident the team right right, which first of all was giving Conor Murray the massive contract last summer and he's not as much to blame maybe as the, the GM and the owner but there was a lot of stipulations and rules and regulations in that contract about how he was supposed to put time in terms of understanding what was expected of him from a playbook st- standpoint and this came out in the media and it really wasn't <clears throat> the quite of information what leaked and that didn't really start the season off on a good note for him. There, I think there was a midpoint part of the season when they were playing a game on a Thursday night and he got into an argument with the quarterback Conor Murray who looked like he had a really good relationship throughout the course of the last year and it took one of the players to step in and this came kind of went viral because there was a programme during the season hard knocks to did an in-season programme essentially you were able to hear all the dialogue that was going on and there was a very fractious relationship then then around November the GM Steve Coyne who was also now been released of his of his duties he departed and he put it down to health reasons but a lot of people felt that was that was kind of let's, let's show him the door for us before he showed the head coach it didn't come as a surprise today um, it's just amazing in the NFL how quickly things can turn around. We spoke last year about teams that win four games or in the playoffs or win four games and they find themselves in the Super Bowl like the Bengals. How quickly things change from a team that was in the playoffs last year, given their quarterback contract, given their head coach contract, he's now departed. It was inevitably, it came as no surprise today. It'd be interesting to see where they go now. We're, we, I mean, we're talking about potential candidates already. There's a lot of offensive coordinators and young coordinators. Columns alluded to Ryan with the 49ers, but one name that's already seems to be high on the pecking order is Vance Joseph and he had his time at the Broncos as head coach but there's a lot of people and Colin straight away is saying no no there's a lot of people that feel he's very well respected within the Cardinals organisation and he might get the opportunity to get another opportunity to 
Um, yeah, Cole to improve himself again. I'm not sure when it'll work out. We've seen already this year with Josh McDaniel. Former Broncos head coach. I don't know with the Broncos team. When they get their second opportunity, it doesn't work out with him. Who knows? And he's, he's high in the pecking order. I'm sure there will be some people that want to work with Conor Murray in the long run. Fair enough. And um, I have a note here, uh, Christina, to ask you a little bit about Colts and the Panthers, I suppose. From my perspective, I... I think they should hold on to the Panthers coach. But I don't know if that's what we're going to talk about here. So maybe enlighten me on what what, what were Black Monday related uh, things we're going to say here. I think it's really interesting. If you look at Colts, for instance, they fired their head coach after three games, if I'm not mistaken, for Reach, and they put in Jeff Saturday, who actually played for them for 13 seasons. Um, hasn't really been great for Jeff. To be honest with you, he's still full of the same offensive woes. What the next season is going to bring for them, I'm not quite sure. I'm still, I don't buy into the Jeff Saturday um, story. And they're one in six since they took over. So thanks, Mark. It's always great to have Mark around for sure. And the rest of the guys having your back on the show. I haven't bought into Jeff Saturday. I do think that he's, you know, he's come out today and said after meetings with everyone in the team, that there's going to be a lot of changes coming. There's going to be a lot of standards coming. They do need to have a shake-up. Everything is going to be a lot more different if he is the head coach and he's got a chance to be able to pick the players that's going to come in the draft. Will that happen? I don't think so. I do think they need to have a strong head coach go in here, someone like Sean Payton, um, that would be able to do a shake-up within the situation. You know, Cullum touched on Harbaugh, and I do want to ask Cullum, you know, how does he feel about Jim coming from college football and coming into Denver eventually and how's he going to gel with Russell Wilson because I do think that's two egos that just won't get on together uh, but that's for another day um, and then when we're talking about the Panthers so again Panthers fired their head coach um, they got rid of Matt Rill. Panthers are actually in the search right now for a head coach there's a lot of names been thrown around there um, I think the Panthers as well they need a lot more work they need a lot of structure um, and I don't really know if that's something that firing Matt Real would have actually been able to prevent, for sure. Okay, good stuff. All right, well, look, let's do a little bit of looking back, I think, as well, right? Um, oh, sorry, we have season predictions. So this is before my time. You made predictions for how the, how the season was going to play out. Isn't that right, guys? And then... Uh, we're now going to see how terribly wrong you were or how terribly right you were, I guess. Um, so um, I'm a, what am I looking at first here? Uh, so will I go through uh, of, uh, offensive rookie? This how, how do we want to do this, guys? Do I, what, do I want to go by category around each with each of you? Yeah, I think I think Callum, maybe maybe start with the offensive player of, of the year because that's a, an interesting one. Uh, if we if we start uh, there, though, maybe Mark might want you to start there, but I think you should. I'll jump in. Where did I where did I go on this one? I'm just trying to reflect on my uh, my my soul search yeah. today when I looked at this. Offensive player of the year. I think I'm in with a shell. I went for Josh. Okay, well, with that said, then offensive player of the year, Mark. Talk to me. <laughs> okay, or Brian, whatever. Well, bro, Brian Brian has a shell. He went for Josh Allen. Colin, I think, has got the winner. He went for Justin Jefferson. OP, uh, OP of the year tends to be the, the top non-quarterback award in many years, uh, to be really fair. So I think Justin Jefferson is going to gonna walk with that. So I think Colin's going to be the winner there. Um I, for some reason, went with Jonathan Taylor, who, in fairness, got injured and played on the dreadful Colts side. But I love the fact... Can we can we focus on the picks that Dora won for the season? Can we talk about that? Can we talk about me winning this? Or are we going to talk about all of these? Because this is going to be a pretty horrific in the 15 minutes for me, is all I'm going to say. You, you haven't... You haven't... You haven't lit up at all, Mark. I, I was <laughs> reflecting on some of your picks. Defense... Uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> How, Mark, what I want to know is how can you be so good at picking the game results every week and so bad at lo at, at, at previewing the what, what may play out in, in the season? It, it, truly Jekyll and Hyde. 
it's, do you know what? I, I think it's a public service, Colin. I, I fully appreciate that some people may not know who to bet on for these awards. So I want to steer them to the people they shouldn't bet for. So I consider it my duty to pick all the wrong picks to make sure that people won't make the same mistake. So for everyone listening, reverse psychology to help you. I think we're losing Cali on kind of a bit of connectivity issues there. So yeah, defensive player of the year then. And Christina, you, I'm sure you're going to enjoy this far too much. I... I thought Miles Garrett was going to dominate for the Browns and that they were going to be the only thing that kept them going in it. Um, Colm, you had uh, Rashawn Gary, which is the only pick I think you made that one of the, put a bit of a question mark over. Yeah, I, I certainly I bought into the hype surrounding the Packers' defense pre-season. A lot of talk about how good they were going to be, strongest defense that Rodgers was going to have. Now, in fairness, uh, Gary, Gary did quite well for the, the first nine, nine weeks. So now, not don't get me wrong, he was not in the defensive player of the year category, um, but he was, he was doing okay, and... Uh, then he obviously had the injury after nine weeks, and really that kind of scuppered the entirety of uh, the season for for him um, and uh, the entirety of the season to the Packers, as it uh, turned out. And then, Christine, you may agree or disagree with this, but I'm going to point out that Brian got it 50% right because he at least got the surname right. It was just first name of the defensive player of the year. He got wrong. No, no, actually, no, no. Um, I put the wrong name in today. I <laughs> I definitely went with that with the uh, Niners player. So you're going to claim you went for Nick Bogues or Robin Joey? Is that it now? Absolutely. I think we'll have to go back and look at this. Now, I did actually look at the file before we came on today, and I must have looked at the file about three or four times, and anyone who was in it could see me in the document actually laughing at some of your picks. There's some of them I do agree with, and then there's some other ones which are very questionable. <laughs> Knowing you guys so well with your picks, I'm like, really? Is this what you're going? Um, I do have to question, though, for sure. You know, Mark, there's no way you're going to get away from Miles Garrett ever. You're never going to get away from that ever again. Um, but because Kana is gone, let's go to Coach of the Year, because this is something I think we should all be looking at for sure. And I'm, I thought your picks were okay. Um, and I'm actually really happy that, <laughs> you know what, I'm really happy that there was no real dreamer picks in there. So let's talk about Brian's coach of the year. I have to remember who I went with. You went with Mike McDaniel, bro. Oh, God. Well, look, halfway through the course of this season, I was crowning the show. Go, oh, look who I picked for coach of the year because everybody was raving about him as he was the, the new hot commodity in the NFL and he was going to lead this team and a merry dance against the Bills. He still made the playoffs, guys, in this fourth year. That's not, let's bear that in mind. It wasn't the most enjoyable of games yesterday against the, the Jets, but they did serve up a, a defeat to the Bills, and they did run them very close a few weeks ago. So, who knows, maybe he could shock the, the Bills mafia next weekend in the playoffs. I actually want to get everyone in the audience who's watching their comments as well, and who they think should be coached the year. So do drop us a message if you're watching us on... Twitter, you're watching us on YouTube, you're watching on Facebook, whatever feed you're looking at, just let us know who do you think should be coach of the year? Who do you think is defensive player of the year and offensive player of the year? And let us know who you think is even rookie of the year before we get to it. Mark. Come on, this Mark. one's a bad one. This Mark. I picked Sean McDermott. He's got the number two seat. They won lots of games. I will say it's a couple of people we're not going to talk about because we didn't pick them, but deserve consideration. Doug Peterson. Turning around the Jags, Brian Dayball turning around and getting the Giants into the playoffs. They will be there. Sean McDermott, despite the job he's done, despite the job he's done, obviously the last couple of weeks as well, to be really fair, will not win head coach of the year. Yet again, if you ask me now today who's going to win head coach of the year, I'm going to defer to Colin Nostradamus Cronin because I think he's got the winner here in relation to it. Absolutely, Colin. I, I, I don't know. I, I went with Nick Sirianni, but I think Dable probably will end up getting it. Uh, I, I do think, um, you know, though it depends, uh, sometimes coach of the year could be a little bit like the best director Oscar. Uh, you tend to, to win it for a movie that you didn't uh, deserve it for. And, and some maybe Sirianni could have got it 
um, you know, last year. So I, I wouldn't be surprised. I just think that the job that obviously he's done with the, the Eagles, and in fairness to the Eagles, the job that Howie has done, and we saw Howie enjoying himself with the fans uh, earlier in the, the season, and I, I imagine they expect to go uh, a little deeper than the one and done in the playoffs this year. Um, but what a what a turnaround for the for him, uh, given how his Eagles career started. We all remember him handing over playoff duties kind of uh, a few weeks into uh, the season last year, and they now are the number one seed in the NFC. I'm sorry, I have to take Cullum's side in this one for sure. I do think it's sorry, Cullum. I think it's going to be Nick Sirianni, or else it's going to be Brian Dabble, which Floyd said it. Brian's going to be just delighted with life if that happens for sure. Um, we won't be able to see him stop grinning for the whole year. Thank God I've got my Pat's mug to remember the good old days. It's 2007. Um, let's talk about MVP of the year. This is one of the best ones I am really looking forward to for sure. This year we've had so many new players come into the league we've got so many old players who come back to the league but they've just been fantastic at what they're doing so do let us know who you're voting for MVP but let's go around the room let's start with Colm because Colm you've been getting these really well so far uh, in in terms of the MVP to me it was kind of obvious from the from the outset um there was a, a lot a lot of love for other people but when you have Andy Reid masterminding things, uh, you are always going to be at an advantage. And when you have uh, the skill that this particular gentleman has, and then you add in Andy Reid's genius, uh, I think every year he should probably start as the favorite for the MVP race. Now, I went with Patrick Mahomes. I think Patrick Mahomes should be uh, and um, probably will be crowned at the league MVP. A uh, lot of questions how he would do with Tyreek Hill no longer around. Well, he, sh- he showed that. And there were times where it felt like he almost single-handedly was the reason that the Chiefs stumbled over the line at times. Um, but my goodness, if you're stumbling over the line and you're ending up as the number one seed in the AFC, well, you're doing something right. So, yeah, um, to be a fan of another team in the division, I think it's going to be a long 15 years or so. I think it's really interesting, uh, Brian's pick, because I would have thought that would have been Mark's pick, for sure. So, Brian, do you want to enlighten us into who you picked? Because myself and Mark are both fans of this person. Huge fans. I went with Tom Brady. I thought that the books... Sorry, Brian, can you speak up? I didn't hear that one. What did you Thomas, call Thomas, Eddie, Brady, is everybody kind of... <laughs> he's around the same age as me. I felt sorry for him. He's gone. He's had a difficult time, mostly personally. And I just felt, you know, the extra encouragement and push from myself in terms of predicting him to be the MVP. Uh, look, he's not going to get it, but yeah, here we are again and he's in the playoffs. And right now, the way the Cowboys are playing, who's to say they won't turn them over this weekend? I expected more from the Bucs this year. Obviously, they've been a great disappointment. And because of the nature of the division, they've managed to find their way into the playoffs. It hasn't been the season, anything like the form we have. But I would say one thing about Brady, we have seen the season in games when it's on the line, the Rams game, the Saints game, even the Cars game on a Monday night football when they weren't playing well, they still found ways, like last week. Although Colin puts it down to the implosion of the Panthers, and he's probably right in that that they, they wet the bed when they when they saw Brady coming late in the fourth corner. But look, Brady just has the way of getting things done and who's to say you won't do it next Monday night football next Monday on Monday night football against the Cowboys. Mad pit. But I did pick them to go to the Super Bowl. I know we're gonna get to that as well, so it, there was a there was a whole storyline behind it. Always love a bit of that Tom Brady magic. Can't beat it. Mark, who did you pick? And it's definitely not Brady. I've seen that. It's not Brady. It wasn't a bad pick again. I was going with the whole Bills were going to run the table. Sean McDermott for Coach of the Year. Josh Allen as MVP. He will be third or fourth, I would say. I'd say Joe Burrow is going to be up there. Jalen Hurts is definitely going to be up there. But Patrick Mahomes is going to win it this year. Um, I also just want to give a shout out. I mean, various comments coming in. Thank you, everybody, so much in agreeing with different picks. But Owen called out one coach we should have touched on, especially after this weekend, Dan Campbell of the Lions. Um, he's done an amazing job. He's probably done a pretty amazing job over the last two years in what he's done. He and his staff have rehabilitated Jared Goff. They've won the most dynamic offenses in the entire NFL this season. And you know what? Once they started working out that defense, right, they went 7-2 and two, 
over their final nine games, including a pretty, oh, let's just say, extremely impressive performance in Lambeau Field with nothing on the line except for stopping their divisional rival going to the playoffs. Calling a hook and ladder play with just under two minutes to go when you're trying to drain the clock was something special. So he deserves a call out. Again, he won't win it. It'll be between Dayball and uh, Sirianni. Um, but MVP is Mahomes all day, every day. So let's move on to Comeback Player of the Year. I don't even have a, su- a song for this. We should be playing a comeback tune in the background for this. Mark, I'm going to go to you first. You're shaking your head. You're literally drawing the attention to yourself. Let's go. I, I, six games in, I said Geno Smith's going to win this. Can I claim that one? I did call Geno when the season started. Before the season started, for some reason, I even looked at this pick and said, why didn't I pick that? And I picked Derek Henry. I don't even know what he'd be coming back. I mean, he's coming back from injury, but it wasn't that bad. I don't know what I was thinking. It's not Derek Henry. Geno Smith should win this, in my mind, um, every day of the week. I more want to call out Colin for sneaking in two picks um, in relation to it. One of which was very good and one of which was very, very bad, Colin. Come on. No one likes a snitch, by the way, Mark. No one likes a snitch. Colin. Yeah, well, I see. I I went with my my head pick was Christian McCaffrey because it was the the only thing preventing Christian McCaffrey from being a superstar as we know we've seen him do it was injuries, and we've seen him uh, do it again this year. He may well end up um, with a Super Bowl ring uh, come the middle of February. What Mark is alluding to, and you can watch it back, is at the end, I did sneak in um, because I have a, a, a soft spot uh, for him. I said I would love uh, to see um, my 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 favourite, uh, the Chicago one, Alan Robinson, have a great year. Um, suffice to say, Alan, the only way Alan Robinson might have had a worse year was if he had joined my Denver Broncos rather than the LA Raps. That wasn't the best of picks, Colin, was it? And I, I'm going to general consensus here. I win this, so I win this one. I went for Saquon Barkley. What a season he's had. I said he'd break his rookie year numbers. He has. He hasn't met the 15 touchdowns he had that season, but still time, yeah. But uh, no, he's had a fantastic season. He's come back for a serious knee injury and held the Giants to where they are today, yeah. So I, I'm very happy with my pick. I feel like we should actually have a show just looking at the picks based on the amount of injuries that there's been this season. This season has been phenomenal with injuries, especially given the state of the pitches in a lot of cases. And we've seen a lot of the players go and, and petition to have the pitches changed. Um, I do think there's something in there that we should look at for sure over the next few weeks. Do let us know the rest of the picks that you guys are looking at in the audience. Do tell us who you think is going to be the offensive rookie of the year and defensive rookie of the year. I do think this is something that's really, really cool. Um, I think we're all going to agree for sure with some of the guys' picks. Um, there's one or two people that have really stood out. So let's get to the offensive rookie of the year. Colin, we're going to start with you. Yeah, my my pick, I and I knew I knew making the pick, it, it probably he wasn't going to be uh maybe have the, the numbers, but I do think if you were to consider who is Probably the the most entertaining, I would argue, of the wide receivers, George Pickens. Um, his ability to go up and catch a ball is ridiculous. He does absolutely insane things on the field. And if the Steelers had actually gone with Kenny Pickett from the off rather than Mitchell Trubisky, who knows? Maybe they uh, would be in the the playoffs. But I think George Pickens is going to uh, improve. Uh, as uh, as the years go on and uh, he is at times going to make defenders look very silly. The only question is, can they get him involved enough and keep him involved enough? But when you put a ball up there and you, uh, you want somebody to go and get it, my goodness, does he make catches. He's been like, I, I don't even know what type of animal jumps that high, if anyone knows. Uh, but he has been really, really good. He's been shown over the last few weeks a very, very strong line for the Steelers, really helping them get towards that. And you're right, Kenny Pickett should have been the starting quarterback. I think they were trying to give him a chance. Trubisky was there. Steelers have a lot to answer for, but look at Magic Mike done it again. Mark, who did you pick? Yeah, yeah I went with uh, Chris Olave, Christina. Yeah. 
No, 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 man. No, 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 I didn't. I didn't. I should have said Chris Olave because that is what Brian O'Leary said, and I think Chris Olave is going to be the offensive rookie of the year quite comfortably. As always with offensive rookie of the year, I always think it's terrible. There are some guards and tackles that will play out their skin. Last year, I, I do actually think it should have gone to um, Tristan Worse, or two years ago, it should have gone to Tristan Worse, but it never will. It will go to one of the skill players and skill positions, and in a year where it's light on... Um, uh, on the quarterbacks, next you go to the Glamour Boys at the wide receiver position, and uh, Chris Olave is going to walk it. I picked Traylon Burks. I was going the wide receiver route as well. I was steering that direction. He's had an all right season at times. He's flashed at times, um, but not in any way replicating the downfield production that the uh, the Titans used to have there. So, yeah, Chris Olave and Brian, I think, ding, 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 wins this round, to say the least. I'm not sure that is the case. I thought Kenneth Walker was a shoe into, and Fred's put it up there that Kenneth Walker to see Oscar. And I think a lot. Well, I mean, like this is the thing we would see. Kenneth Walker might be there or thereabouts. I think Alava has just had too much production and too much presence throughout the season. He's been the only depth threat for the the Saints, and that yeah, is, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I would agree. We, me and Colin were fortunate to be in London. He scored a first at a Valkyrie touchdown in that game, and you could see that day how impactful he can be on the team. And for a team that's had a difficult season, I mean. Andy Dalton played quarterback to start with James Winston. You've taken some hills stepping in the quarterback at times. I mean, they've had a very deep, but he has been the one key bright spot for the team. And it gives them a bit of impetus going into the offseason that if they do get a good quarterback in, they've still got some reasonably good players in offense that can do another thing, I presume. It's a difficult one. But yeah, he's been a standout. He's been a great player to watch. Should, should we be also talking about Brock Purdy? I mean, you know, he didn't play that many games, but my goodness, uh, the impact that he had since he entered uh, the league has been quite something. And yeah, everyone obviously has been waiting uh, for nigh on two decades for the, the next uh, Thomas Edward Patrick Brady. Uh, well, this young man has certainly gotten off to uh, a decent start, you would have to say. Well, I'm going to say we shouldn't talk about Brock Purdy for the same reason, and it's the only reason why Walker won't be alive in my mind to it, is Walker was injured for a couple of games. The recovery games he wasn't in, he didn't start a number of games, or he's only started 11, he only played in 15. Um, and Brock Purdy, Cole has been fantastic in the high-powered 49ers offense, but he'll get deducted because he's only played six games in a 17-game season. I think it's six or seven. And secondly... Um, how much is Brock Purdy and how much is the fact that he is surrounded by C-Lack, Samuel Kittle, etc. But he will, he'll get some attention, I'm sure, and maybe a few votes in there. And we don't have to talk about defensive rookie of the year, we can just move swiftly on. No, 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 we do. We absolutely do. So we're going to touch on defensive rookie of the year. Um, so I'm really interested to hear what Brian has to say first. Mark, look, at if you're not happy, you can just hang up and I'll text you when it's done and then you can come back. Let's just get to okay? the I'm good to get to the sweet ball pit. I think you just need to be happy that the audience cannot actually, you can't see their faces. That's all. It's okay. You're looking at all of us. They, You can't see theirs. I went with heart overhead in this one. <clears throat> and I selected Kayvon Thibodeau. In fairness, he missed. Marcus touched on players getting injured, and we spoke about it earlier in the, in the show. Uh, the impact of injuries on people's season. He had a slower start to his NFL career because he was missing for the first four games. But, you know, what he's done in the, to the, say, the, the last part of the season, they've shown why the Giants have selected him. He's been a standout player in defense. And obviously, he's had it. Colin Whitey called out last week about his antics after the uh, sack on, on Nick Falls, but um, anyway, overall, of course, in last month, he's made a huge impact to the team, which I doubt he would have seen earlier in the season, but obviously it takes time for these players to find their feet in the NFL and doesn't help when you're obviously injured in pre-season and you're missing games early on, but he's been, between him and Hutchinson have shown and proven already why they've been top five picks, so I think it was a, a fair pick, but um, I'm interested to see um, the other guys' picks now. Sorry, can I just check, Brian? You picked two Giants players for the awards they won't win, but you didn't pick Dayball for the one he but actually the Giants might win. Just, just you know, I want to spread around a little bit of, you know, slurry on this one, okay? I don't think you can argue it's the Saquon pick. I think Saquon is, has put himself up there. He's not going to get it, but, like, who is going to get comeback player of the year? Am I missing? 
Gino Smith is going to get it. Gino, what's he coming back from? He wasn't out last year. He was. He was. He was a backup. He wasn't in the. He wasn't playing. He doesn't have to be. He's coming back from an injury. Oh, I get it. I get it. It's a long. It's a, it's a long. It's a long thing. He's coming back from ten years of doing nothing. So they have to give him. <laughs> so Colin, you had uh, ding, ding, ding. I would say a winner. Although we should have a bit of a debate and discussion about this. You've had. Uh, um, you could say ketchup. You could say hot. You could say mayonnaise. But they were all ultimately sauce yes indeed and i know and uh Healy's, uh or hurley's comment uh there um i i think um was right because i think the debate will probably come down to sauce uh tariq woolen for the seahawks and uh, my my goodness if we if we were doing executive of the year i uh, there would be no no there, there wouldn't even be a debate there wouldn't be a contest um i mean you you might well be talking about the executive of the decade uh, in terms of what the the Seahawks have uh, pulled off with the the draft, the the Hall of Picks, and uh, avoiding the the contract, um, but Sauce I I think has been outstanding for the the Jets. I know a lot of uh, fans uh, uh, will be annoyed and say he's very handsy and that he gets away with it, but ultimately I think there that that's what happens in the the league. Um, he has a, a giant ego, but you need that to play in the, the New York market. And in fairness, just about every single cornerback has that, whether they are a top five pick in the draft or whether they are an unrestricted or an undrafted free agent. It kind of comes with playing a cornerback. I, I think, um, you know, for the, the Jets, ultimately, it was the offense that um, cost them. Uh, defensively, they've been very sound and what has been really interesting to see is how cornerbacks are now transitioning into the league a lot quicker. It used to take a long time for them to really learn the position, uh, but we have seen them come in and make an impact from the off. Uh, and Sauce is certainly amongst the um, top cornerbacks in the league, not just a rookie, but top cornerbacks in the entirety of the league in his first year there. He's on mute. He's decided he's going to keep himself muted so he doesn't have to say who he picked. Um, Mark, unmute yourself so you can actually say your piece and then we can move on to the actual picks. He's at, he no he he cannot I I I as an admin I've tried unmuting him but uh, I think the gremlins in the machine have decided that. Um, it, Mar they've had enough of Mark's picks, and uh, they don't they don't want to hear any more. <laughs> well, before uh, we move on, um, we'll give you Mark's pick just for the crack, anyways. And Mark actually picked. You guys may know why Mark picked Javon Walker. Oh, we we have lost Brian that now as well. People are dropping like flies this evening. Uh, I think Mark. with him. I, I think um, Walker projected very well. Mark uh, can really, yes, yeah, he yeah. can. Technology, yes. Walker was my pick. Trayvon Walker, three and a half sacks, one interception, one false fumble. It didn't have a bad rookie season, but of course he's not going to win this. I was going to say the top three defensive rookies of the year and you can debate the order and I think there is a debate about the order potentially are all Arnold Schwarzenegger related so you have Sauce Gardner who was the eraser and eraser being a very bad Arnold Schwarzenegger mo 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 mega movie you have Tariq Woolen who's the interceptor which should be the name of an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie and then you have Aiden Hutchinson who let's just face it this season was the Terminator um, just the athleticism in a man that big, that powerful, that strong, that fast has been unbelievable. So I, you know, people who want to make an argument for Hutchinson, I can agree with, but it's sauce all day. Hot sauce, barbecue sauce. He's just been fantastic. And yes, I agree, Colin, John Schneider up there on executive of the year, but the job the Jets have done and the turnaround with Wilson, with Gardner and that draft has been um, substantial, not Zach Wilson, Garrett Wilson, I should say, but uh, they they they, uh, they still have options. So let's move on to the picks, and I'm really excited about this because I actually have gone through them all. 
Um, and some of them I actually would have done myself um, in the background because I do something else here at home with this teacher's fan. So let's talk about the, I'm going to skip the AFC East. We all called it. It was going to be the Bills. We all knew it. it. They just were. And they've gone out and they've proven how really good they are. Let's talk about the AFC North because I'm really interested in this because two of you, it was very much, you know, Cullum, you had the winner, obviously. And then Brian and Mark had the same team colluding with each other. It's shocking, this colluding together. So, you know, we'll go with the two boys first and then Colin will go with you since you're the clear winner on this one. I, I, thought the, uh, I thought the Bengals would bounce back to reality. I thought they'd have a bit of a Super Bowl hangover. And they did at the start of the season. They weren't very good at the start of the season. The offensive line took time to gel and the Ravens for a long time were the hotter team at the start of the season and they it looked for a, for a long time like it made sense and the Ravens we're going to win the division in the marriage actions. Injury bows returned and derailed their season. And I think they managed to get in the playoffs because they had so many wins built up and it didn't matter that they lost a few games towards the back end of the season. But the Bengals they hit form in the right time. And, you know, looking back now, I should have stuck with the Bengals. I think, in fact, I didn't even pick the Bengals to make the playoffs. So there you go. The city me. Tip the Bengal will be coming for me again. Yeah, and I was on the Ravens as well. And arguably, I mean, I suppose you can say if, but coulda, woulda, shouldas. But if Lamar Jackson stayed healthy, the Ravens would have won the AFC North. But the reality is the Bengals are up there being one of the hottest teams in the NFL. Eight wins in a row. The only thing hotter than them has been the 49ers with 10 in a row. And uh, the Ravens, yet again, the end of the season, have been too vanilla rice. They've been ice cold, ice cold, ice ice baby. Yeah. Well, Colm, you had the winner, and I'm still trying to source that tracksuit for you to celebrate your win. So do you want to tell us what was the thoughts behind picking the Bengals for this one? Yeah, I was actually looking myself uh, last night uh, to find uh, the, the glorious monstrosity, I think I referred to it as, and if anyone can find that white Bengal tiger tracksuit, please uh, send it my way. Uh, and I promise it, I, w- it, I will wear it. Uh, and Mark will do a rar for for everybody. Uh, I, to me, it was very simple. They got Joe Burrow and they'd made the moves that they needed to to make in terms of the O-line. It took a little bit of time to come together. Um, but Burrow, he's a phenomenal QB. And you saw him in terms of the press conference yesterday. And some people will say it's, it's ego. But he talked about his uh, the window and whether they they were in a way. He said the window is my entire career, and that's what you want. You want your QB to have that level of confidence. He's the leader of your fra- franchise, and uh, I I think as long as he is is there, um, they will be there or thereabouts. They're not going to win it every year, um, but they will be there or thereabouts. And uh, I think that they will. Uh, you know, make quite a lot of noise in the playoffs this year. I think what's really interesting is as we're going through this, because I'm watching and mindful of the time tonight, is that I'm looking here, I can see the AFC West, it was a blowout. All of you guys agreed with the Chiefs, but AFC Seven, you've all picked the Colts, and we've all been magically surprised by the man with the glorious hair, as Cullum likes to refer to him, the Jags. What a season they have had. I know we talk about this every week, guys, but wow, it's been amazing this season, for sure. Anyone want to give thoughts well, on that, how, how it went wrong? Well, Christine, I'll go even one step further, because I think the exact words I used were, you know, Matt Ryan coming into the Colts, finally they've got a quarterback they can rely upon to pair with that defense. They've got Jonathan Taylor, <coughs> my offensive player of the year. Um, who will power the offense. I didn't expect their offensive line to resile so much. And at the same token, I do think I said the words on our preview show. Let's face it, lads. It's either the Colts or the Titans because the Jags need too much time and the Texans won't be anywhere there. I mean, one of those statements was true. Um, It was just the rest that was horribly wrong. And fair play to Doug Peterson, as we called out. I think he will get some consideration for Coach of the Year, albeit like in the lower votes. And fair play to Trevor Lawrence, who is showing what he's made of. Interesting, he nearly blew at times that Titans game. I mean, if they hadn't won that game against the Titans, some of those missed throws, um, critical throws on Saturday night, 
might have been looked at with a different light. But fair play, they won the division. They overcame a four-game deficit in the last seven games, and the Titans rather imploded uh, in the circumstances. But yeah, not not our finest pick, to be fair. I thought that was hilarious that all of you got it wrong. It's it's crazy, even I suppose you two are wrong as well. Uh, the NFC East, Brian and Colin both had the Eagles. Mark, you had the Cowboys. Who wants to take the East? Uh, maybe I, I'd run through uh, maybe the, the East and, and the North uh, because uh, I, I think we have a deserving, uh, you know, uh, a division to, to talk about. Look, uh, to me, the, the East, well, it was always about the, the Eagles and how uh, they were going to do for them in the playoffs. It's about, is, is will Hurts be fit? Will Lane Johnson be fit? But they were the dominant team in the NFC uh, this this year um obviously 49ers coming up strong but it was all about the eagles and in the north it is um you know jair alexander my goodness you were not off our television screens for the past two or three weeks until last night and th- and then you just disappeared gone where were you you like all your interviews your big hat um nowhere to to be found um, and Pat McAfee, uh, we saw you earlier in the week uh, telling the, li- the Lions that just win, good luck, just win, just win. Um, well, the, the Packers, 30 years, 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Uh, we can uh, talk and look, look, we, we may have our quibbles with Aaron Rodgers, um, but he is an infinitely better person than Brett Favre uh, is. Um, and... But 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback play, um, and they will have two Super Bowls to to show for it. Um, it is quite extraordinary. Um, I, I wonder, if you're a Packers fan at this point, you have to be set up, um, and you have to be wondering uh, what the offseason brings. Um, I, you know, um, it is a storied franchise, incredible history. We all know about uh, Lombardi and, and what they did there, but um, they they have an awful lot of stuff to sort out in the, the offseason. I totally agree. We'll see if Aaron Rodgers is going to be part of the Packers team come this season coming. Now, we're going to go into the, the NFC West and we're going to give it to Brian. And Brian has also prepared a video for this. I don't get many things right. In fact, I got a lot wrong. And when I did this, you all thought I was bonkers. So I thought this was a special night to give you this. A nice little reminder. Looked at the Seattle Seahawks over under is five and a half. And I'm going to say they win nine games, if not more. So um, I'm just not buying into this falling off the cliff of the team as, as a whole. I know the quarterback situation is concerning and luckily we all felt that Jimmy G was going there but I still think that they have enough players there. I think it caused a lot of upsets and I think Carroll will be motivated to shock a lot of people and I'm not necessarily saying they're going to playoffs anymore which I did last week. It was on the face that Jimmy G was going to be the quarterback but I still think they're going to have a good season and win in nine games. Nine and eight. Seahawks in the playoffs. Uh, you just said there though you said I'm not necessarily saying they're going to the playoffs <laughs> oh my god stop being your day job please <laughs> come on come on I'm not being exact but you know all credit to Brian on that he called the Seahawks I don't think too many people were calling nine wins at that point in time certainly none of us were uh, and he got that one absolutely bang on the head however we actually break down our divisional picks. I believe the other two gentlemen went, look, I've got to have something I got right myself tonight. The two gentlemen went for the Rams, and I was the only one who was uh, lauding the 49ers and uh, saying they would win the divisions. So that was the one the one rare occurrence I got right. Think Mark, you're things. seriously trying to pull yourself back from all these MVP rookies and everyone's picks this week. It's- it's not Super going to happen. Sorry, you can't. It's not going to happen. Let's talk about Super Bowl. Very excited. It is literally close to crunch time. Four weeks away. Can't wait. I'm already prepping the food. That's how excited I am. Mark and Cullen are going to Arizona and I'm thinking about food. <laughs> so let's go and look at the Super Bowl pick. So Cullen, who did you have initially for the Super Bowl this year? And who have you changed it? Are you, are you thinking it's going to be someone else? 
so my pick uh, for the the Super Bowl was the Buffalo Bills over the Philadelphia Eagles, and uh, I think that raised uh, a few eyebrows when I went for it. Uh, I I still think um, it is a pretty good shout. I I think ultimately in the AFC. You know, I, I think it, it could be a coin toss between the Bills, the Chiefs, and the Bengals. Um, I, I do think the the Bills have the motivation, uh, obviously now. And again, we heard great news uh, regarding uh, Jamar this evening. He has uh, gone back to to Buffalo, uh, which is really wonderful news. But um, their defense, they have got to to sort that out. But when they need Josh Allen to go up with a big play, he is. And as I discussed, in terms of Eagles, it is, it, will Hurts be fit? Will Lane Johnson be fit? Um, if if they they are, and if Lane Johnson truly is, uh, I think they are in with a, a, a real shot. I think them against the 49ers uh, will be fascinating uh, to see how, how that goes. Um, but yeah, I'm sticking with that. And uh, let's uh, let's see. I, I do hope uh, that... I. The, the Bills do it. And I suppose my hope would be that whoever the winner is, I would love to see it be a first-time winner. Um, so whether that is the the Bills, the Bengals, or, or whoever, that it is first-time Super Bowl, great. That, that you touched on that, but also the fact that you touched on the 49ers. We're going to go to Mark. Mark. Look, look, you know, any of these picks about players and coaches, like, they're not relevant, Christina. All that matters are the games on the field. And, um, you know, on the standby my record on that, I picked at the start of the year, and talking about looks that Brian got about the Seahawks, I definitely got looks when I said that the San Francisco 49ers were going to go to the Super Bowl. Bearing in mind this at the time, they were relying upon Trey Lance. Um, and certainly a few weeks into that season where Trey Lance got injured, Jimmy G didn't look too hot, um, there were moments. But currently on the 10-game winning streak, I had the 49ers against the Bills in the Super Bowl. Um, I honestly can't remember what way I had the winner. I think it was the 49ers over the Bills, but that's how long ago it was that I struggled to remember entirely. So that bet's still on, that pick is still on. I'm feeling semi-confident it would be the number two seats in both um conferences so i'll stick and let it ride uh, and continue on that that vein the 49ers and mark brian <laughs> sorry brian oh my god my brain is broken i'm not to the time as well um mark you are right you did pick the 49ers uh, to win so you you did remember it's funny I went for, and both teams are still in the playoffs, so I have a reasonable chance, but I don't think it's going to materialise. I went for the Bucks to win the Super Bowl against the Bills, so I still see the Bills within the Super Bowl, but it won't be the Bucks. I think it'll be the Bills Giants at this stage. They might roll out Scott Norwood again to kick a field goal for the Bills, and you'll probably put it wide right, and the Giants will, will get their feet free. No, I'll jump aside. If I was to pick now, I'd probably say 49ers Chiefs. But again, Who's to say the Bengals won't be back to his? The AFC, outside the top three in the AFC, I can't see anybody shocking them. I think it's the, I think it'll be the Bengals, Chiefs, or Bills in the Super Bowl. Or on the other side, I could see Eagles, 49ers. The, who knows? I can't wait to see what happens in a few weeks' time when we get back on screen to see who was right and who was wrong. Uh, but before we finish, the... Wildcard games start this week. We're so excited. The AFC wildcard games start um, next this weekend. It's not next weekend. This weekend coming. The Chiefs are on a bye week. So this week we have the um, AFC is on. Start on Sunday at 6 o'clock, which is the Bills and Dolphins, Jaguars, Chargers, and the Bengals and the Baltimore Ravens. Guys, how do you see this playing out this weekend? Um, I'll I'll jump in uh, in terms maybe in terms of the the Jags uh, and the the Chargers very quickly. You could call it the Timothy Bowl, uh, if uh, people remember those wonderful ads from uh, the the 80s, the early 90s. Um, I I will just say I I think Staley has copped an awful lot of flack uh, for playing the the starters. Uh, I remember Mike Shanahan doing the exact same thing. Uh, for the Broncos in 1998, the Broncos had the number one seat locked up 
Um, but he played the starters because they wanted Terrell Davis to get 2,000 yard season, and he did. Uh, I also remember Tom Coughlin, and we talked about this at LT, uh, doing the exact same for the Giants. I, I think people take different approaches, um, but uh, they are going into it not in form. And, um, you know, that was a concerning loss to the Broncos, whereas the Jags are going in. Um, and that should be really fascinating, though, to see Herbert going up against Lawrence. The Bills-Dolphins game um, is probably the most one-sided uh, wildcard game from a betting perspective anyway, like the Bills are minus 11 points. And I, I was quite surprised with that. I know the Dolphins have had a really poor run of it and they, again, they scraped in with Skyler Thompson, a quarterback yesterday. But the, the general consensus is that they are going to try to get Tua back for this game. The one thing I would say about Tua, a few weeks ago on that Saturday night game, I think it was the week part of Christmas when they played, the Bills only beat them on a field goal and there's a lot of Dolphins fans out there and we spoke about it on the show on that Monday that felt that was a game in which they did that slip away. They beat them earlier in the season when we saw the offense coordinator for the Bill lose his mind in the in the up in the uh, up in the in the stands, and he was bouncing everything off the wall, including his head at one stage. And um, I wonder how much they can frustrate this Bills team this weekend, or maybe the Bills will just run away with it, like everybody expects. But well, I think it might be a little bit tighter than people think. I think the Dolphins will give a good account of themselves. What what has been has been the Dolphins are there now. It's like anything; just get yourself in, see how you get on. I think they've a good account of themselves on Sunday against the Bills. Mark, do you yeah, and I, I was trying to find the mute button. Um, and um, actually, that Bills Dolphins game is obviously very similar to the last game in terms of the Bengals Ravens. We'll we'll break all these games down further, obviously, on our Thursday preview. But Bills Dolphins are divisional rivals. They've played twice already. They split the series one and one. In fact, two one score games between them. And the Bengals and the Ravens are divisional rivals. And they say familiarity breeds contempt. Well, there's going to be a lot of contempt between them. Because not only are they going up against each other for the third time this season, of course, it's in back-to-back weeks. Um, and they also split their season, uh, split their series. So when Lamar Jackson was a quarterback earlier in the season, earlier when maybe the Bengals weren't on their hot run, the offensive line was a bit more, um, how do we say, inconsistent. That's the word I'll use. Um, the Ravens did beat the Bengals. And look, they won 27-16 this weekend. Fair enough, you know. But Lamar Jackson wasn't a quarterback. That's not exactly a thumping success that they should be relying upon. Um, you know, that's going to be a tough game for them. I, I think, if I'm being honest, this wildcard slot, when I look at all six games, there is no one standout game that you can't go, oh my God, I can't wait to see that. That's going to be absolutely fascinating and fantastic to see. You know, maybe if the Packers had gone in there, the Packers going into the 49ers, the perennial... Um, rivalry and loss that they get to the 49ers in the playoffs might have been up there, but the Packers blew it and the Lions beat them, so they're not there and we don't have to worry about them. Out of all of the games, I'm actually probably most intrigued, really, by this Bengal this Bengals Ravens game because nothing will, will impress Bengals Ravens fans more than the opportunity on such a cold streak to deliver a dagger blow to their division rival. So fascinating times ahead thanks mark i don't know if the two minutes warning from column was actually for me or for everybody or for just for you but let's go on crack on with the nfc very very quickly so the nfc are uh, is on also this weekend we've got a great buffer weekend of football and eagles are on a bye week this week so we have on sunday we've got the vikings and the giants 49ers and the seahawks and then we've got way out on tuesday we've got the books in dallas quick quick fire round on your thoughts on this this weekend guys before we go i think that the bucks are uh, very lucky to be running into a cowboys team and dak prescott in awful awful form tom brady gets lucky again luck or design i never know luck or design um 49ers on the hottest run going against the seahawks it's going to be a tough game to west coast rivals but the 49ers are going to be looking forward to that being in Santa Clara at home for at least two games in their mind, the playoffs. Giants. Right, do you have any comments? Giants lost on Christmas Eve to the Vikings and last second field goal. Um, I can see another tight game again. It'd be interesting to see whether the Giants can reverse it around this time. I think that's one of the most intriguing games of the weekend. A lot of people are concerned about this Vikings team and whether they can win another close game. People feel like it's run its course now. We'll see. 
Right. And with that, thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. Carla, we're so sorry you had to drop off, but thank you for tuning in on YouTube. It was great to have you here. Thank you, everyone, for watching. We are going to be back on Thursday, if I'm not mistaken. Um, just to confirm, going through all the games in full and what's coming up the week ahead. You never know, there might be more hiring and firings before then. Thanks for watching.